Ladies and gentlemen, we're shoveling. This is the growing season brought to you by News Talks. Okay, 960 AM, I'm Matt McFarlane. And as usual, I'm joined by Mom and Dad. Mom and Dad, this is the St. Paddy's Day show. So for us Irish folk, <laughs> oh, top of the morning. <laughs> I'm Irish by law. Yes, yes, you're Irish by, by marriage. Guys, how are you doing? Not too bad, Matt. Not too bad at all. We've got some warmish weather. Yes. Yeah. Let's not get too frisky with this, okay? I got stuff to do before spring hits. Yeah. So there's too many countdowns right now, right, Matt? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for our audience that doesn't know, uh, many of these Facebook gardening groups that are that we are a part of are doing the countdown to spring. I don't even want to see it. Not because I don't like spring. I got a lot to do before spring hits. And then once it's springtime, it's crazy season for us landscapers. But that is not what we're talking about today. Today is our Saddy, our, our Saddy, our St. Paddy's Day show part two. So we did a, our, our first one last year, and this is going to become a seasonal thing. This year, we're going to be chatting about the communication between plants and how this affected the potato famine. What? Just trust me. Follow us down the rabbit hole. We're also going to be chatting about whiskey and anything that is alcohol that comes from something horticultural. Okay? We're also going to be chatting about just generally being Irish. Yes? Sure. Okay. That's fantastic. Okay? All and, of, and maybe a joke at the end. And maybe a joke. Well, you know what? I would... Guys, if you're placing your bets, place your bet on a joke at the end. Yeah. Just do it. <laughs> She's Lynn. He's Jack. I'm Matt. This is the St. Paddy's Day show on the growing season on News Talk. Saga 960 AM. And we're back. The growing season on News Talks, like a 960 AM. Follow along with us. GrowingSeasonCanada.com is the website. Show bits is what you want to click on. That is the visual accompaniment to the show. First off, I want to have a shout out to uh, Miss Joanne Shaw and her lovely co-host, Matthew Dressing. They had me on the Down the Garden Path radio show slash podcast. Wonderful. We chatted about landscape design. I talked about Yoda. Yes. And we just, yeah, it was just a wonderful time. I will send out links as to where you can find the interview or the chat. It was, it was fantastic. Okay. This show though, on top of being one that celebrates the joys of everything whiskey. Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, so good. <laughs> one this thing about whiskey, Matthew. Yes, sir. It's got alcohol in it, right? It does. And it sucked, man. All right. Well, you're wrong. Okay. So <laughs> <laughs> this is the one year anniversary of something. Uh, is it good or bad? <laughs> <laughs> this is the one year anniversary of mom coming on as a full-time member of the growing season. You're right. One full year, right? Yeah. March yeah. the 11th. Okay. So, and we brought you on for the audience that is only chiming in brand new. Thank you for joining us. GrowingSeasonCanada.com. Click on podcast. You can hear all of our back library, but we used to bring mom on simply to do recipes, a little bit of history and this and that. And then we had a number of listeners that would chime in and be like, well, how come Lynn's not on just all the time? See, what's ending up happening here is, for instance, I just taught, I just chatted about Joanne Shaw and Matt Dressing, their their radio show. And we talked about Yoda. Yes. Half the time. Nobody wants to hear about me. <laughs> right? Oh, they all want to hear that. about Lynn and Jack. Right? Oh, You're so amicable, Matthew. <laughs> yeah. But so, Mom, over the course, this is now one year in radio. And over the course of a year doing this show, because dad and I conceivably, we had basically, what? Close to months, a year under your belt. Close to a year on you. Okay. What did you learn? I learned a lot of stuff about plants. I think the thing that really amazed me is that plants can communicate with each other. I didn't know that at all. You know, you look at a plant, you look at a daisy and you look at a petunia next to it and they don't communicate. Not in the way we communicate. Right. Now, is there a language going on here? Well, actually, plants communicate first through volatile organic chemicals. Vox, Matthew. Vox. So, for instance, um, if a plant feels it's in danger, it will release these chemicals to ethylene. warn other plants. Release ethylene. ethylene until other plants. Now, how they pick these communications up, I don't know. But they will tell other plants about the danger. They, now, they, wait a minute. here's the thing. Oh. All right. Look, through the air, Matthew. Wait a minute. No, no, no. Hold on. What we got to do here, apparently, on this episode is if there's a crutch word, 
I gotta sing, or the offender, which happens to be me, has to sing a traditional Irish song. In this case, my dad has chosen Tura Lura Lura. I just hears the thing, okay? This Ooh. is this is this is like the number one offender word. Now, my dad coined this because in the early days of the growing season, 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 I'm awful. <laughs> this is horrendous. All right, here, so here we go. So I'm the first offender. It's uh, I'm down negative one. Okay, Okay, there you go. All right, it's pretty damn fine. That's <laughs> one for me. It's okay. a good thing it was you, Matt. You're a better singer than me. Holy, but. What were we talking? Oh, don't yes. repeat. No, yeah. no. <laughs> ethanol. Or Eth- sorry. No. Ethylene. Ethylene. Yes. But volatile organic compounds. Yeah. I got to tell you, man, I communicate with those after having <laughs> taco night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I do don't you? think we want to oh. witness that communication. Mom, mom said she didn't know how they communicate. Well, it's actually through the air, Matthew. So the ethylene is released by the plants. So they can communicate with each other. Everything's through the air for me after Taco Bell, man. So, you know, or I, 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 Rose can... Talk to another rose, and a maple tree can talk to another maple tree. That but can the maple there. tree talk to the rose? No. No? No. It's a different language. They can't understand each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> different language. I can hear you. I just don't know what you're saying. I don't speak maple. <laughs> but they also communicate through the rhizosphere, the fungus in the ground. Whoa. Through the roots. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know what, Lenny? What? When I was younger, I used to communicate a lot through <laughs> my <brain. All> right. <laughs> Okay. Whatever. We're talking plants here, Jack. But yes. CRTC, I'm sorry. This appears to be a bad one. So anyhow, that's really cool. And actually, when I was reading this, it says sagebrush can communicate with other sagebrush. And it's they're using like some kind of words that we don't even know. Yeah, it's physical and chemical signals, Matthew. They simply say that, man. Like insects. so, So what are they saying? Yo, check out the... Check out the seed heads on that sagebrush down the way there. <laughs> yeah. She is ridiculously hot. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Or, or, look at as, the, or look at the maple tree over there. Yeah. Doesn't it have a nice set of branches? <laughs> and a great set of number of crotches, wow, too. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Wow. Look at, man, the catkins. That one's right. <laughs> <laughs> but on a serious note, where it ties into the potato famine is, You'd wonder if these potato plants could have communicated to each other that there was, you know, this bad thing happening. Okay, so we did this, we touched on this last year, but for those that haven't heard it, let's let's get into a little bit of this. Because our ancestors came over from Ireland as a result of this potato famine. So what happened here? Grandmother's side came over. So what happened here? What precipitated this? Okay, so back in the... The late 1849 area into 1850. They started having issues. No, Jack. 1845. Actually, the blight started in 1844. Ooh, she corrected me again. Do you know Like, we're yeah. obsolete, bro. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, the, so, Matthew, anyways, the, the, uh, it, it, it basically happened overnight. What happened was the weather changed dramatically. It rained a lot. It was a lot of humidity. Now, we're talking about Ireland. It rains a lot in Ireland. Well, it yeah. really rained, rained a lot. more than normal. And so what happened was they, they, had first, they had started to grow potatoes in a big way because this is what they were mainly living on. So the idea, Matt, was that after the first season, like, so let's say 1844, 45, they started to, they lost about a third of their crop. Okay, so listeners, just to, biologically here, this also applies to your plant material and your flower beds, Okay. If you're dealing with a situation where you've got a lot of moisture and humidity, what do you get, guys? Blight. Blight or fungus. Fungus. Yeah. Yeah. So now this is an interesting one. Powdery mildew is a fungus. Sure. Right? And that comes with lack of air movement, lots and lots of moisture. But is it also humidity or no? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So there you go. So if you're even light. Would have a bearing on it. Okay, so if you're a viburnum, your Korean spice viburnum, actually, we'll throw the Latin alert up right now. Okay, viburnum carlosi. There it is. All right? There it is. If your viburnum's getting powdery mildew, there's a reason why. Actually, we stopped planting. Because of it. Yeah, we stopped using Korean spice. Man, if you had a design done by us in the early millennium. There was a lot of viburnum. There was a on. Korean spice viburnum on, yes. that, on, on that design. Probably that. 
one of the most fragrant shrubs out there. Yeah, the problem is, Matthew, they, they keep dying back all the time and you're continually having to prune them. That was the biggest issue. Yeah, and they get the powdery mildew. And they get and the powdery mildew. Awful looking. But just picture these potatoes, which are basically selenium tuberosum, okay? There's a lot in the again if you need it. But, Manny, here's what happened. They Basically, it was a spore that was on the leaves themselves, okay? On the leaves of the tater. On the leaves of the potato plant, yes. Okay. And so what happened was, once the rain started happening in a big way, the spores got washed into the ground, which got into the roots, which killed off the tubers. Wow. And that's what happened. Okay, so why do I feel like, because, I mean, everybody blames the English for everything, but why did I think that this was an English thing, like the English planted this or whatever? And, the English manipulated the, the it wasn't. The, it wasn't the actual... Uh, the disease on the on the potatoes itself, Matt, it was what the English were doing. Because the Irish were farming for the English and what the English were doing, even though the potatoes were failing, which was a huge, huge, huge part of their diet, the English landlords did not give food to the Irish to keep them going. They just kept shipping it to England. England also had developed a real liking for beef, and those cattle were raised in Ireland. And Irish farmers would give part of the food they grew to feed those cattle. Okay. So it was... Because it I, I was under the impression that this was... The English had some t- had somehow manipulated the no, they fungus. Like, no, they didn't manipulate the fungus. They wouldn't okay. have had that knowledge. But they could have kept food back from their farms. Actually, it was absentee landlords. The actual owners of the farms are living in England. But they could have told their four people or their factors that were running the farms in Ireland, you know what? We know what's happening designate X amount of pounds or a, some, a certain amount of food to keep the peasants fed. Now, they did do one thing. They sent grain. England sent grain to Ireland. But because the peasant, the Irish peasant diet had become so potato dependent, there were not enough mills to grind the grain to feed these So people. they're starving because they can't mill they can't it eat, fast They enough. can't eat yeah, the grain they raw. they were actually like, eating the grain raw. Which wouldn't be able they to digest They were so it. hungry. And that was the problem. But Matt, just think about this. Even though okay, they were raising these cattle, right? Yeah. So they were uh, having to feed cattle extra potatoes in order to fatten them up so that they would be nice and fat, so they would be good for the, the English to eat. Okay, you got this? This is not necessarily the time to be English and lords and royalty in 2021 with everything that's gone on recently with, with, with uh, the monarchy. Yeah. Holy cow, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So how much do you think, in the end, how much do you think that, say, Queen Victoria of her day actually sent to the Irish to how many feed, what how many dollars worth or sorry back in those days it would have been how many pounds of, of in money would she have sent to help the, the starving Irish don't know believe it they used to say it was five do- five pounds okay and it was actually two thousand pounds is how much in, in, in income Matthew that's what they sent to help feed them so two thousand pounds was total what, that was it total so, man, it, it's ridiculous, okay? That amount of money would be For like, the whole place. Sure. It's like putting a, it's like peeing on a forest fire, okay? Just not enough. There's just not enough money there to do anything. But, Matt, the idea was that they were growing other things. They were growing various things like carrots and onions and anything else that you could think of. And the problem was they, they just, the English or the, the landlords, per se, were, were actually taking it all. So they were actually taking it. It was part of the, the cost of... Only or being the tenants on this land. How's yeah, you that? paid with a certain percentage of your crops. Yeah. And the Irish became very dependent on eating potatoes. Huh. And so in the end, Matthew, what you had what you had happening was that they started to leave because they were dying in, in droves. Okay. So right. within the period of time between say eighteen forty five to eighteen fifty, fifty two in that range. Approximately one million Irish died of starvation. And two million immigrated to get off the island. So what was the population of Ireland at the time? Eight million. Eight million before the famine started. So between, Around death, between death and export Immig- yeah. or emigration, you're having... About 40%. Holy cow. And even yeah. today, so Matthew, then, the, numbers happening, the numbers have never come back, even today. Well, but the economy in the UK is awful. It's yeah. horrendous, right? Isn't it? I mean... I don't know enough about Brexit to know. No, me neither. But apparently, no. this is not a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know either. No. Uh, yeah, but, but you're looking at, uh, first of all, the, the actual agri- agricultural uh, methods that they were using in the day were just horrible. Okay, They didn't know 
what, what they should be planting and how they should be planting it and so forth. So there was a lot of wastage, okay? Yeah. So the thing is, they were only given very small plots, Matthew, somewhere between half an acre to an acre. And they were expected to give a, a fair portion of that to their, their landlords in order to, to stay on the property. But Matt, when the potatoes, the first year in 1845-ish, they lost about one-third of the overall crop of potatoes, okay? By the second year, they lost three-quarters of their crop, okay? So they can't really supply anything to their yeah, landlords. How are you supposed to turn that over to your landlords when you can't eat yourself? And yet other food was growing just fine, and the landlords didn't siphon it off to help the peasants, the people that no. were growing the food for them, generally. Wow. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that there were some landlords that did. But generally, the food wasn't siphoned off. So, Matt, then when they did leave, okay, when they finally immigrated to, say, U.S., Canada, Australia, that was, that was, they thought that was a new... The Irish immigrated to Australia? Yes. Yes. That would have been a very long long trip trip for them. them. Because I was going to say, that's 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 a long trip. So, what do you figure the cost was to go, say, from Ireland to Canada on one of these... These coffin ships, Matthew. Single. Single person. Always single, by the way. Okay. I don't know. About seven pounds or about $30 in their money. Wow. It would take approximately 12 weeks. And you brought your own food. And you brought your own food. They gave you a bit of water. How can you bring enough food for 12 weeks? You can't. No. You can't. You starve to death on the way over. And Matt, I know this sounds a little bit disgusting, but they said that the behind the coffin, sh- coffin ships, they would have sharks swimming because there were so many bodies thrown overboard. And that's nothing to be laughed so about. So how did anybody live? Approximately 20 to 50% survived. Oh, no, sorry, died, right? Died. Oh, I made an error yeah. there. Ooh. You know what? <laughs> Guess what? You get to sing, my man. Go you for it. You have a nice singing voice too, Jack. Tora, Laura, Laura. Oh, Ron Lord. Oh, there's a bit of a voice crack there. Let's try it one more time. No, no, no. We're not trying that one more time. That's fantastic. We're keeping that. That's right. That's fantastic. The sharks are circling. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So then you have a series of sharks following these coffin ships. Now, they're called coffin ships because... So much death. And when the people did arrive to, say, New York, Montreal, Quebec City. most Philadelphia. Of was, Bo- Philadelphia. New York was really bad. Boston. They, they were so sick that they they actually couldn't. They got off the ships. They had to be quarantined. They were put into what they called fever sheds, and a lot of them died. So some of them never even got to see, you know, Canada or the U.S. at all because they died waiting to become healthy enough so that they could actually go and be within the population what, itself. What percentage of these people lived? Well, they said like 20 to 50 percent didn't live. So do the calculations. If two yeah. million left, how many of that is That's going to be? I can't That's why they were talking millions died, Matthew. They said over a million. They don't really know the exact number. But Matt, here's the biggest problem. So the, when, they, when they arrived and they finally got healthy, and me- normally what they would do, they did something called chain migration, okay? So what they would do is they would send the healthiest person, say, from their village or town or whatever. The whole village would They would all take up a collection and they would send this person. So this person would go to... Man, you would not want to be the person volunteering for that, eh? No, but absolutely But stay true. back in Ireland and starve? What's your choice? I know, yeah. Matthew, but so let's say they took up this collection, they got the money and they sent you over. Okay, so normally at that time in Ireland, you would be making about 50 cents a week back in 1845. You got it? Okay. So when they moved to, to Canada, United States, Australia, $1 a day. That was a real shock factor to them. Wow. Yes. So, but the problem was once they got to wherever they were going, they were taken advantage of from moment one. Okay. So what they were doing was they would be charged... Okay, so somebody would actually row out. They were called runners, okay? And these runners, Matt, would come out to the ships. They would row out, and they would talk with the various Irish that had made the journey, okay? In their own language, In their own language. They were Irish Gaelic, okay, Matthew? So they spoke the language. So they thought they were friends. So they were ripping them off before they even got off the boat, charging all these exorbitant numbers of uh, amounts of money, Matthew. This is awful. For 
you know, travel. Or, yeah. you know, where are you going to live? Well, go live in this place. It's so good. But, man, get this. An area above about 90 square feet, approximately 10 people would live in it. They slept in shifts. They slept in shifts. Because there wasn't enough room to lay down. Wasn't enough room, wasn't enough beds. Nope. Actually, I saw a picture the last time we talked about this. I saw a picture of a tenement in New York City that was used by the Irish after they came over from the famine. Rabbits had better homes. But you know what, Matthew? Here's the one thing that's really amazing. is All these people, they they were farmers, right? Yeah. So they moved to, say, places like Toronto. Or if in the States, let's say New York, Boston, Philadelphia. 90% of them stayed in the cities, even though they had all this knowledge on how to farm. Why? I have no idea. I think it's because the community. Maybe it was a community thing. I think, too, what happened is one person from the village came over. So it's really hard, one person, to go out into the country and start a farm. I think they stayed in the cities because of they got a job that paid a dollar a day despite the disgusting situation that they were in their living conditions that dollar a day so they're working six days a week possibly seven that's going to help them earn the money to send back home to bring another person over i think that was part of it the other reason was i think they just like the company of each other they same came, language right yeah. well you look at the saint Clair area in toronto and it's predominantly italian yeah and you get the impression that whenever these people came over a number of Italian descent settled in St. Clair and it became the Italian section of, of Toronto. Well, like the Danforth is very Greek. Yeah, centric. you right. didn't even have to. You could come over and if you didn't have English, you could st- uh, still, because others were there, you yeah, could still and you could talk, operate you could shop, completely. you could work, you could do everything. Well, let's, let's be serious. Where we are, like where we live, is in Bolton. Mm-hmm. And it's very, it's it's predominantly European. Yes. And European-Italian. Yeah. Right. In yes. fact, our name—we don't have a vowel at the end of our name—and that's a very strange thing in, for Bolton. in Bolton. Yes, it's very like when I went to high school. When I went to school, I was one of a very few that were not of Italian yeah. descent. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yeah. But Matt, you know, over in, in Ireland, they were growing potatoes for the English again, and they were basically the apple and cup varieties. Yeah. And Thanks, so they were—they they were the best potato out there. So the Hold idea. Up a second. About, What's a lumper? Boys Lump, and girls. Lumper. Okay. Mom, mom did a typo on it on this for me. She had to actually put down humper. Oh, Jack. <laughs> I'm going to have you know that I copied and pasted that section. That's somebody else's error, not mine. <laughs> so. <laughs> you definitely don't have that for supper. That's for No, sure. no, no. But, yeah. but get this, Matthew. A normal potato, if you if you wash a potato in the sink with water, right? You yeah. notice the potatoes sink to the bottom. Okay, so they're they're they got very tight cells and they're and they're actually a good potato. They're, they're heavier and they're fully 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 uh, nutritious. They have everything from riboflavin to vitamin C, half the potassium now, of a the banana. Riboflavin's male. You can just call them gyboflavin. Yeah. <laughs> but Matt, think about an apple. Though. Never gets old when you. No, it gets really old really quick. <laughs> but Matt, think about how an apple is. If you put apples in the same sink with the water, they'll float to the surface. So these Irish. Let me get this one right now. Lumper. Not humper, (laughs) lumper. Anyways, uh, they would actually float to the surface because they were a light potato. And Matt, they were watery and then mealy tasting. There was not much nutrition going on. But wait a minute, get this. Now, a typical Irish uh, farmer was eating about 10 to 14 pounds or 40 to 60 potatoes per day per person during the time of the... Get the heck out of here. Yeah, during the famine times, yep. I'm not yeah. kidding you, Matt. They're dying. They're out farming, right? They're just burning they it off like crazy. It off like they, crazy. Were, they were hungry. They needed. They needed all the caloric intake. Any any idea what the soil type is? Is it is it pretty rocky? Is it limestoney out there? Well, if you think about it, I would imagine there's a fair bit of peat in spots, but I would imagine it's probably on the clayish side. Yeah, but but there's a, isn't it, is it predominantly limestone out there? Like, where, what are they building the castles with? What is that? Yeah. I have no idea, Matt. But there's got to be a lot of. Of whatever it is, yeah. because there's yeah. a lot of castles and sure. stone yeah. walls and everything. But you I, think about the amount of peat there, and in, in Scotland as well, I would imagine. Well, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, you know, you see you're this farmer, and you're trying to keep your fields plowed, and you've got rocks and crap everywhere, right? Well, they made the houses out of rocks. Yeah, they, they, they did it here houses. too, Matthew. Yeah. Think about when, when our relatives came over, basically, in the 18, late 1849, 50-ish, mm-hmm. they bought land here up in the Loretto area. This is okay? your mother's side. My, mom, yeah, my mom's. 
family. So McFarland, McKenna, uh, O'Sullivan. Uh, your mom, Ronan, like your mom didn't, didn't, didn't stray too far. She went from being a McKenna to a McFarland. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know? But, but yeah. that, this community, basically, we're all Irish. So if you look at the Loretto area, it was predominantly Irish. So yeah. they, again, hung out together in one community. And they, they knew each other. They, they had the same music, basically the same language. So they, they actually Again, were... it's like St. Clair. It was community yeah. and mm-hmm. family, and that's what it was, Matt. All right. So we've we've hammered you over the head with the Irish famine thing. Let's get into a little bit of part of what Saint, makes St. Saint Paddy's Day a thing. right? We're going to talk about some booze mm-hmm. on the other side, okay? We're going to chat about the horticultural aspects of booze, and we get to talk about one of my favorite subjects, whiskey. She's Lynn. He's Jack, the Irish... Lumper, and I'm Matt, and this is the growing season on News Talk. The result of the Irish Lumper. (laughs) We're going to commercial break. See you on the other side. season on News Talk, Saga 960 AM. I'm Matt, the product of the Irish Lumper, and uh, <laughs> they are mom and dad, we're not even going to, we're not doing anything more with that joke, that's it, because we probably get three Lumper jokes in the show, and then the CRTC steps in. GrowingSeasonCanada.com, click on Show Bits, that's the visual accompaniment to the show, and when I show you a picture of an Irish Lumper, it will be a potato, okay? Good. So wait a minute, so Matt, oh boy. since you're the son of the Irish lumper, can, can you tell me what your favorite potato is? Oh, I like russet. You know what, Matt? I like the actual Yukon gold myself. Yeah, yeah. You, Yukon gold, the University of Guelph. Yeah. yeah they made New York they, fries they produced, they met, What did they do? They hybridized that, right? They hybrid, it was some sort of a genetic modification. Yep. Yeah, it's amazing. Yep. And so, they, yeah, they're putting, the, the University of Guelph, they're putting the G in genetic modification. Mm-hmm. Ooh, all right. right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it is also genetically Guelph. modified. One of these days, we have to talk about that. Yeah, it's not good. No, it's not good. It's not good at all. Okay, so one of the things that St. Paddy's Day is known for, and we made, we made mention of this last year. I'm not much of a drinker, honestly, legitimately, as much as I like a, a bottle of whiskey. I have <clears throat> one of my drum students gave me a bottle of Belveni single malt scotch. Now, this is that's a that's a scotch whiskey. Okay, it's not an Irish whiskey. But it's a really nice bottle. Like a $175 bottle of whiskey. It's incredible. I haven't even pulled it out of the out of the case yet. It's beautiful. Now, so that's not so, the most What's that, so magical about it? Well, a bottle of whiskey at that level and that's not the most expensive bottle. So what's Jameson worth? Oh, it's Jameson is Jameson is Coke or Pepsi. Now, Jameson has their they have their their upper brands, right? They have the like the cask variety or whatever, but your bottle of Jameson, 25, 30 bucks, 35, 40 bucks, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. Not really a, a big one. But I had a bottle of Irish whiskey by a company called Redbreast, the nicest. The nicest Irish whiskey out there. It's an 18 year or 21 year. So that and so the Irish are famous for making what they call pure pot stills or single pot stills. Okay. This bottle was, I think it was a 21 year. So that whiskey has been aging in the same barrel for 21 years before it was put into a bottle. So, So just think of the level of commitment, right? This is you're not making money until 21 years later. Okay? That's a $375 bottle of whiskey. So what kind of conditions does it take in order to produce uh, this great whiskey? What do you mean? Like, well, what is what is it? Dark? Is it temperature? What's it like? Okay, so the the reason okay, the reason why Irish whiskey tastes different than Scotch whiskey is it just simply has to do with something called terroir. And terroir, you would know as an audience member, you would know terroir when it comes to the taste of your coffee, when it comes to the taste of your wine, when it comes to the taste of anything that has been produced 
from something horticultural or agricultural. So, for instance, if you are... So, wait a minute. So, peat would come into play as Absolutely. Well? Now, the peat's a different situation. I'll tell you why. So, what happens is if you're growing grapes in an area where there's a lot of limestone, your grapes are going to have a certain taste. That wine will taste a certain way. 15 minutes down the road, let's say you have a, a heavy clay, but not a lot of limestone. Those That wine, same grapes, is going to taste completely different. So when it comes to Scotland and Ireland, Ireland grows a certain type of grain. Okay, it's actually called, well, it's barley. Okay, it's malt, it's, and it's malted. So when the Irish are growing barley, where Ireland is, they're terroir. So the, the taste of the rain coming down, the taste of their soil, all of that works its way up into the inner workings of the barley. In Scotland, they can be growing the same barley, but because of the difference in soil and the difference in the, t- in the taste the of climate, the rain. too. And climate, exactly. Mom. So wait a minute, so even the location in the field could have a barrier. Oh my goodness. We talked to Chris Culinary coming up about how you can have the same Concord grapes or the same whatever you want, like Sauvignon grapes in one area of the field and 300 feet the other way, that same grape is going to taste completely different. Do you know what we found in our studies and our lo- looking things up for you, Matthew? What? They kept t- talking about environmental impact, okay? And okay. how does producing, say, whiskey... How does it affect our environment? Is it a good or a bad thing? What do you think? I would imagine it's not good. No. Anytime that you have to take land, water, fertilizer, all the processing that goes into that product, okay? So everything from the actual putting it into the stills and everything you can think of, the machinery to take it off the field and so forth. They say that becomes a real issue. Then on top of that, you turn around and you throw it into bottles. Now you're getting into glass. And they say the one thing is really interesting is for some reason... 80% of all the bottles for beer are put back onto the shelves within 30 days. 80%. And they don't understand why the same thing doesn't go for the harder liquors. I'll tell you why. Because the harder liquors takes longer to drink. I got it. You're not drinking... Well, the average alcohol consumer, I would imagine that if you have an alcohol problem, you're, you're drinking... Harder liquor, faster. But you're not going through a bottle of 21-year-old Redbreast in a weekend. You're simply not. That is something that that is that is a two to three-year bottle of whiskey. But all they're saying, Matthew, is that there's no reason why these bottles should not be recycled the same as your beer bottles. That's all. Well, they should be clean. I mean, for God's sakes, it's had alcohol in it. Yeah. And well, <laughs> right. besides, besides removing the label and so forth, those bottles are totally recyclable, yet they go basically back into our landfill. Not in our house. I mean, we don't drink hard liquor very often. I keep a bottle of rum around for my uh, honey lemon tea, my shot of rum at night if I have a cold or something. But when that bottle's finished, it's rinsed out it's and then it's put into the recycle. Okay, bin. hold on a second. Speaking of that, when's the last time you guys were sick? I want to say shortly after last Christmas, not this Christmas past, but the, say, the year of COVID. So back a year ago, March, Matt. Mom? Uh, not at all this year. I've been very lucky. I haven't been sick either. No, I have nothing, actually. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, well, because you know we're not seeing the each masking. Other. No, and it's the masking, too. This is one of the things that's come out of all of this. Legitimately, 100%. The sickness is in our households coming in from the school. Absolutely. The kids are not in school. They're doing distance learning. So nobody's getting sick. And the second thing is it's coming in from the public. My thought is that during the cold and flu months after this, it's going to be pretty commonplace to see many people wearing masks when they're out. They've been doing it for years in but Asia. Not to the, not to the, yes, in Asia, but no. not here. No, not here. Like we, we used to see it years ago. It wasn't commonplace here. No, not but now. Yeah. Absolutely. Right? Sure. Even, even with a vaccine. I agree, yep. Matt. But Matt, you you were talking about not being sick while they were talking about the original use. Yeah, it was it was whiskey. all medicinal. It was all medicinal. Absolutely. You know, you have you have a you have a war wound or something. You're out in battle. They pour pour booze on it, there or, was, or they get you to drink it for an anesthetic. There was some news snippet. No, it wasn't even a news snippet. There was some snippet. It was a picture taken, and I believe it was Winston Churchill's 
doctor gave him a prescription for a certain amount, a certain number of drams of alcohol per day, and that was considered to be medicinal. Yep. That like I'm talking, yeah, he is to drink blah 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 drams of whatever throughout the day for medicinal purposes. I got a question for you. So, okay, so when a person says, "Oh, you know, I'm uh, even on the Titanic movie, right?" Yeah. So when the per- it was the uh, I think it was the baker or something, he fell overboard. Yeah. He, he was drunk as a skunk. Okay. Yeah. So he fell into the water. You think that there's any sort of correlation between keeping you warm when you drink alcohol? Or you think it's just a load of horse hockey? Okay, so I know that, like, when I have been really drunk, like, well past what I should have had, you get sweaty. Right? You get flush. Absolutely. You know, it would be interesting. I've never seen anything as far as a correlation, but, you know, you take somebody's temperature when they're drunk. Is their temperature higher? It's, uh, we, we, when, in our research, we came upon a list of what alcohol, interesting Did facts about. Okay. And it says that drinking alcohol actually doesn't warm you up. It may make you feel, it makes you feel warm, but it actually physically doesn't warm your core. It does other things too. It affects men and women differently. It can lower your blood sugar levels. Now, this is moderate consumption. Heart rate as well. Okay. It can uh, actually help you against heart disease. Think of the red wine. They say the Reservatol in the red wine is good for uh, preventing heart disease. Um, but, but it doesn't really warm you up. But another thing, they said that drinking beer out of a can, a lot of beer out of cans continually instead of out of the glass bottles, can also cause things like issues with Heart disease can also cause things like increased blood pressure. Why? Because the can it, is you it, getting aluminum. Some aluminum. Yeah, it's aluminum. You're getting. It I into much prefer beer out of a can. Tell you the truth. You really do, eh? Yeah. But, but again, how drink. much you have to drink? You have to oh, you got to be hammering it, man. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Now, I will tell you, because Dad, you're a you're a non-drinker. But Mom, when's the last time you've been you've been you've been pretty good drunk? One drink makes me feel okay. tipsy. So. There is a difference between the inebriation. That is brought on by whiskey versus the inebriation that is brought on by beer. Whiskey's a warm, it's very, it's a warm feeling. In comparison to beer, you don't feel like that. But there's a something different when it comes to whiskey. Now, granted, I'm not much of a drinker of hard alcohol beyond whiskey, so I can't compare it to vodka or whatever. But whiskey is very different. There's a there's a there's a different tone to it. Here's a question for you. Who's the biggest consumer of Whiskey in the world. Well, I know that in the Middle East, they're pretty big into this. Any idea, Mom? India. India is the biggest consumer. And of something else, Lynn, what is that? Rum. Rum. Now, I think a lot is to do with population. India's got a lot of... So, Mom segued perfectly into rum. Okay, now, just, just, just on the flip side of it, I've had Indian whiskey before. Okay, and it's wonderful. It's very different than the Scottish whiskey, and the, oh, the Irish, Irish whiskey. Yeah, but it's it's fantastic. Okay, rum, go for it. Well, this is this is all sugarcane, yes. Yes, all sugarcane. Sure. Yeah. So basically, Matt, what is sugarcane? Well, sugarcane's a pole. It's a pole. This is a grass. Now, and it's Latin for, is for our listeners. A pole is just the family that would basically be made up of grasses. That bamboo. includes bamboo. That includes sugarcane. Palm yeah, trees. Palm trees. Pineapple. Pineapples, right? And the most wonderful part, the most, the, the, like the thing that I learned over the year in the growing season is poles have their brains in their bombs. Yes, yes they do. Yes, they do. And the Latin for it, in case Matt does not know it at all, because... Dad's here. Yes. Saccharum officionarum. Okay. That's a wonderful word. Whatever eh? their intelligent it's, it's trousers, a, a.k.a. smarty uh, pants. Okay. 66 to 115 million years. Poles have been on Earth. Right, Matt? Yeah. Now, how, spell this. P-O-A-L-E-S. Okay. Poles. All right. But, Matt, they've been... Uh, That's a nice pole you have. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I made my son. Oh! <laughs> Oh, okay. This bad, is the last bad. episode of the growing season, by the way. Okay. So, Matt, it's been around for about, uh, actually, poles have been on Earth for, uh, I just mentioned it, about 115 million on the high end, 66 on the low end. But, but Matt, the idea is that, for the most part, they've been using it for making, basically, rum for about 3,500 years, right, Lynn? 
That's a long yeah. time. Yeah, well, now, I we did. learned, though, uh, from Beekeeper Guy, Will Roman, that this is not the most ancient alcohol. The most no. ancient alcohol came from honey. Yeah. Yes, mead. 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 That's fantastic. So, you guys, you guys went to Barbados for your honeymoon. Yes. Right? And, and, and boy, is it cheap. Yeah, is it ever, is rum ever oh, pretty yeah. cheap? I believe Mount Gay rum is Bayesian, Barbados. Okay? Yeah. And that is absolutely, unequivocally some of the nicest rum out there. Now, you guys were saying you're out on the boat in Barbados. Mm-hmm. Rum jolly. punch. Yeah, rum, rum punch, punch. And they yeah. basically have like a barrel. Huge barrel, yeah. yeah. And they just slicing fruit, tossing it in. And, yeah. sh- and, uh, and, and it and tastes fruit really juices, nice. Yes. And then, of course, they just keep dumping, <laughs> dumping, you dumping. you just laced. Well, him no, not. No, me. No, yes. were, you, were you finished? Oh, oh yeah. I, like I said, one, it only one, takes one drink. And one drink. Wow. And she's under yeah. the table. Yeah. But, Matt, it, it's a beautiful place to, li- uh, to live. And I, I, I visited only once in my life. But I'd like to go back to Barbados. Okay, so why? Because rum, obviously, if you're getting into the Bacardi stuff, you're, you're dealing with, you can have the clear stuff, like the, what they call the white rum. Mm-hmm. But on the dark stuff, why is it so dark? Is that maybe because there's more molasses? Like it's it comes from the sugar cane. Yeah. Is it, are you getting into a darker version of the cane? Is that what's happening? I, I don't know. I honestly have you ever don't seen know. raw sugar? What it looks like? No. It's actually very dark, and it actually moves. Yeah. It, it isn't like you you know you know refined sugar that you would get. It moves. It moves it, like yeah, like honey. Kill it with fire. No, oh. you know how when you pour it's honey like... or corn syrup or any yeah, of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it has that almost move. So when you go to take a spoonful, it's actually almost moving on your spoon itself. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It's very Matt. different. But it's it's been around, like you said, for a long time, and it's uh, they used to bring it out of the, of course, the Polynesian areas, the seafarers yeah. and so forth would be yeah. moving it around. But I remember. Uh, do you remember Joe Bello? He, Absolutely. He worked on uh, one of these ships that were moving around between the islands in the Caribbean. And he didn't realize that the boat he was working on was <laughs> moving around booze. Really? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. he didn't find out to the end when he finally... And he's like, hey, well, how come you weren't uh, sharing, guys? Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, all these, yeah, moving this booze around. But Matt, booze was cheap, okay? I remember buying a um, 40-ouncer was a four room. bucks, yeah. five bucks. Yeah. And remember, our wow. dollar was more than the U.S. dollar back then. Yeah, right. That was back in '75. So, gives you an idea. But wow. Matt, so what? What is some of your? What is your favorite booze to drink? Oh, I'm a whiskey guy. Only whiskey. Uh, yeah. If I was to have, okay. So if 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 you were to begin to do it in in order of like, if I was to say, what drink I would drink the most on the regular whiskey and wine would be tied. I I enjoy wine. Yeah, I like wine too. And then it would have to be as far as hard alcohol would be rum next vodka is my least favorite on the list. And then there would be beer. Okay. So beer would be definitely ahead of vodka. But again, I've, I've had a bottle of sky vodka in my freezer for probably five years. Oh, really? So do you have any idea how much it takes to make say a bottle? Let's start back on, let's stay with the rum for a minute. Okay. How much it takes? To make an actual, okay, so let's say something in the 1.2 liter range. How much sugar cane would you require to make 1.2 liters of... Like you're talking about stocks of sugar cane? Well, how much, basically, they just talk about in the kilos. How many kilos? I don't know. Believe it or not, one kilo of cane sugar will make 1.2 liters of rum, 80 proof. Really? No, here's one that's really cool. Mom, you want to hit potatoes? Yes. So, anyways, Matt, potatoes are the coolest thing because... There's not many companies out there that actually make rum. Based, or sorry, vodka. 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 Oh, I did another mistake. Didn't I? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I know what you Sing it again. Tora Laura Laura. Tora Laura Laura. Laura Laura. Hush now, don't you cry. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Potatoes. Well, vodka can also, I didn't realize this, I thought vodka was always potatoes, but it can be still from any starch or sugar-rich plant matter. In fact, there's vodka made from grain. It's all whiskey. I it think. is? All of it. It's all yeah. whiskey? Anything okay. that is made from... Some starchy material? Anything that's made from vegetable matter is considered to be a form a of... whiskey. Yeah. It's, that's, it's, okay. it's all whiskey. So do you have <laughs> any idea how much it takes? That's why, like, look at bourbon. What is bourbon? Corn. Bourbon is it's whiskey. corn. But it's, it's corn. whiskey. It's right? whiskey. It's yeah. corn whiskey. Yeah. But Matt, uh, how many, what is it, Lynn? Uh, 26 pounds of potatoes go into one bottle of vodka. What size of bottle did they say? It didn't say. 26. Yeah. It didn't say. 26 ounce, Matt. A 26 ounce? Yeah. 
And for how a many week, potatoes? Twenty six. Actually, pounds. two two hundred potatoes. Yeah, two hundred small potatoes. Or really? how much grain, Matt, Lenny? How much? Was two the grain? kilograms of grain two for the wheat vodka to make huh. one bottle. I'm not a fan of vodka. And did you, now, did you know that gin is vodka? Oh, really? It's just vodka. I thought gin was made from juniper berries. No, gin is vodka flavored with with juniper, juniper berries. berries. Okay, and, okay, and herbals. Right? There's a bunch of other stuff in there. Yeah. Okay, but so, ladies and gentlemen, look. Here's what. Look, listen. If you have a skyrocket juniper on your on your property, you should be ashamed of yourself. Even <laughs> even more so that ah, not as much as the Austrian pie, but man, we're in the same neighborhood. Okay. But what you can so do wait a minute, wait a minute. So you're making uh, some booze out of Austrian pine? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, well, I mean, it's Austrian good for pine. Else, right? Hey, Whatever. you can make sp- uh, beer out of spruce. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can. <laughs> you could call it Colorado Blue. Yeah. Like Labatt Blue. Yeah. You could call it Colorado, Colorado Blue. Blue. That's well, fantastic. I'm going to have to Google that. The spruce beer rep. Okay. So, but yeah, take your skyrocket. You never give it a good trim, and have fun doing it because it's a real, it's a real not fun to trim. No. And then uh, just drip. You know what? Take a little bit of your dusting of your clippings and drop it in your gin and, and drop it in your vodka. Welcome to having gin. Oh, really? I That's don't it. like gin. So, gin Matt, if you were going like. to, we were talking about environmental impact. So, which one has the least environmental impact as far as booze? Talking goes? what? Whiskey, uh, rum, vodka, beer. beer, wine. Which has the least environmental impact? Vodka. Mom? Yeah, vodka. Yeah. Vodka, because... Yeah, yeah. vodka. Yeah, guy yeah, yeah. cookie. Yeah, so For if sure. you're thinking of the environment, much, think, drink you, vodka. Like, like, like when you think about it, you're just pulling the, the potato out of the field. And letting it ferment. And you're not really doing it... Like you're not hacking anything down. You're just pulling it out. Yeah. And they would take a certain percentage of those potatoes, cut cut them up, and then put them back in the field, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. on top of that, Matt, if they're, if they're too large, let's say they usually use a certain size of potatoes, so they would also get used in... Our homes to eat. Have Matthew. you seen Beatty's Farms up in Alliston? No. Yes, we I have. We have to go for a drive. It's all sand up there. We have to go for a drive. 2,000 acres of potatoes. Oh, wow. They're one of Lay's Potato Chips' biggest suppliers. We probably drove potatoes. by that years ago. They also do... Vodka? Vodka. Oh, well, it makes yep. sense. Okay, so here's one for you, Maddie. So why is growing potatoes... As far as the Irish were concerned, one of the best things they could grow. Why? Well, the potato, they say, is pretty complete. Yeah, nutrition-wise. Also, it can grow in poor soils. Right. And it's easy to store. It's easy to store. Think about Alliston, man. Cool, 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 dark, dry. Yeah. Let's think of Alliston, okay? So they're up there. It's all sandy up in that area, and they grow just fine up there. Yeah, and you can grow them in, like, crap. Crap soil. Totally. Like rocky, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to put in. Yeah, Absolutely. But, you know, they again, they don't want them. Today, we still have problems with, back in the the time of the famine, Matthew, they had issues with something called, um, was it US-1 or Herb-1? Herb-1. Herb-1 Herb Herb is a a, a blight that was on potatoes. That of Herb-2? Yeah. Yeah, that, probably. (laughs) But today, we have something called US-1, which is just about as bad. But, Matt, it, it destroys billions of dollars worth of potatoes every year. But our little friend... The non-beneficial type nematode is also responsible for getting rid of about 20% of our crop. Wonderful. Good. We're not getting on nematodes no, right now no, because no, we no. have we have about 41 seconds and then we're and then we're out. So we're not getting we're not So getting, if you had to pick one thing of booze that you wanted to touch with quickly, what would it be? Well, it's always about whiskey for me. Oh, not for the whiskey. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> how about wine? Quick, real Make quick. It quick. Go. Okay. So it takes approximately twelve to fourteen hundred grapes to make one bottle of wine. And wow! So, and I know, so it takes a lot of grapes. Poor Chris Cullen. Really cool, cool story. We were in California, right? So yeah. we were going along, and we were on a train, and we we're going through the Sonora area, right, Lynn? Ah! Yeah, it was the Napa Napa Valley. Going Napa Valley. Yeah. Sure. So you're Sonoma. having Saguaro cacti out there? No, 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 we, no not Sonora. We not were in Sonora? the Napa Valley, Jack. Did I did I say Sonora? You know yeah. what you got to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hurry! Tora Laura Laura, Tora Laura La, Tora Laura Laura. Hush now, don't you cry. Anyways, moving on. We saw all these uh, rows and rows of wine grapes, right? All yeah. going along on our, our train ride. And at the end of every row, there was one lone little beautiful rose. Yeah, and we were all bushes. going along, intelligent landscape types, talking about why were they doing this? Was it because, oh, bugs were more interested in that yeah. rose? Or was it because they. It defined the end of the row so that machines didn't, it didn't damage the last ones of, of the wine itself. 
And in the end, Matt, we found out they did it because it looked pretty when the train was going by. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a wonderful place to press pause. All right. GoingSeasonCanada.com. Click on Show Bits. That is the visual accompaniment to the show. The website's really got nothing to do with St. Patty's Day, with the exception that there's a bunch of Irish people running it. So there you go. (laughs) Love you, son. I do. I I love you guys, too. This too. this This is fantastic. Okay. Uh, horticulturals, horticulturally, without this, the alcohol involved, that could be tonight, but that's fine. Consults, installs, designs, all that stuff, we're all, it's up and running, not necessarily the installs yet, but we're getting there. It's getting closer and closer and closer. That's going to be happening soon. Growing Season Canada for all your horticultural needs. Okay, guys, so there was some mention of we got to sing the stinking lullaby. Just a little bit, Matt, and then you're going to do your, you know what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, okay, okay. all right, Nick's all right. Song, but just tell him that McFarlane's going to actually sing. Okay, um, so we are going to, we're going to, by the way, Dad Dad lost. Speaking of throwing the water around I've shark, got a three or four times. Oh, three times, right? Okay. Okay, so we're going to try this tour Luro thing. Happy thanks. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy St. <laughs> Patty's Day from the growing season. <laughs> Wow, I might have had too much to drink thinking it's it's Thanksgiving. Are you guys ready? Sure. Here we go. Three, two, one. Tura-lura-lura. Don't you cry. That's good. All right. There's cars and ditches, and that's no problem. (laughs) That's all we shall expose you to. All right. So we always end in the same way. This week is uh, topical. Patty and Seamus, mom and dad, have just opened a new restaurant on the moon. Ooh. Okay. It serves great cheese dishes, but the atmosphere is kind of terrible. (laughs) Mom? I'm doing an Irish blessing this week. May you live as long as you want and never want as long as you live. So, Matt, in Gaelic, what my normal exit on the show is Jackamock or Jacka. If you miss any part of our show today or any of our earlier broadcasts, don't panic. Just log on to our website at www.saga960am.ca backslash podcasts and look for and stream our podcasts of this show and any of our other great programs.